M1 is the finance super app where you can invest, borrow, save, and spend all in one place. You set your strategy and they automate it for free in an easy to use app. M1 is making money management easier, smarter, and more automated than ever. If you're like me and you struggle to make time for investing or anything really, M1 is the best set it and forget it investing app I've ever used. Go to m1finance.com slash Katoon to get started today and earn $30 to invest after you fund your account. Terms and conditions apply. M1, yours to build. First off, Anthony, welcome to the show. Um, I am aptly wearing my alt uh, sweatshirt uh-huh, here. I love it. I'm a big fan of the card game and, and the platform marketplace of collectors. Uh, I collect a lot of different things. When I found out about uh, Vino Vest, I was thinking, I'm not a collector of wine. I like to drink wine. I do wine stir and enjoy getting kind of a lot of rare small batch wines and stuff sent to me. But I immediately understood the, like, the concept. Like as the collector nerd who wants a platform for everything, it was like, totally get it. So, so first, thank you for coming on. And second, I'm, I'm just super excited to learn what it is you're building and kind of how you decided, why you decided to build it, how you got there, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. And I could definitely see by the background, uh, <laughs> a lot of collectible items in, uh, in your room. So, Some call it a hoarder. I, I think it's collectible, but yeah, you, I mean, you get it's where I'm very going. organized. So it's not a hoarder status, right? <laughs> if it looks nice, then you're not a hoarder. You're a collector. This is true. It de- I guess, again, depends on my spouse might disagree, <laughs> but at any rate. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like what, what's your background? You know, how long have you been in the wine game? Yeah. So I um, started my career in entrepreneurship. I dropped out of college at USC to found my first company, which was completely different than VinoVest today, which is a wine investment. And I'm uh, going to guess based on the fact that it's a wine investment that the first company did okay. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption to make. Um, <laughs> dropped out of school. It was a food delivery app, kind of like yeah. your Postmates or DoorDashes. And I was very fortunate to get uh, investment from Peter Thiel uh, with the Thiel Fellowship Award to drop out of college and build that startup scaled it and we had over 150,000 users on the app before selling it and after that i was just really curious to learn more about investing myself and didn't want to just do the 60 40 stocks and bonds thing um, because i've been hearing about this new crypto this was back in 2016 so you know hearing about crypto and hearing about people investing more and more into real estate or startups and um, I remember just Googling, um, you know, what are the rich people investing in? And surprise, <laughs> wine was near the top of that list. And um, like you, I was really just interested in drinking wine. And I thought it'd be a cool way to diversify my portfolio, but also learn more about the subject matter that, frankly, kind of intimidated me. I didn't really know much about wine, especially on the high end. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, if I'm a bad wine investor, at least... I'll have a bunch of nice wine to drink at the end of the day. If I can't get correct. Right. So to me, I was like, all right, this is going to be a really fun hobby to dive into. Um, realized pretty quickly that it's also a very hard hobby to get into. You need to be pretty well-connected to be able to even 
get access to those top lines, you need a lot of knowledge. So I spent you know, tens or even hundreds of hours just researching lines to buy. And then thirdly, from the storage standpoint, right? You need a lot of infrastructure to be able to store your wine properly with you know, perfect humidity control, temperature control, away from sunlight, away from too much vibration. And to me, I was like, well, there's a reason why only ultra wealthy people are into wine because no one else can do it. It's, it's almost impossible. And um, thought there should be a better solution. And that's why I built VinoVest. We wanna make it dead easy for anybody to get some exposure into wine. We handle everything from the storage component, the insurance component, the liquidity, whatever you wanna buy and sell. And it's for people who know nothing about wine or wine investing. All we need to know is what do you wanna get out of this investment? Is this a five-year thing for you, a 20-year thing for you? you know, what else are you owning in your portfolio so we can actually balance it out and make it a part of your real investment strategy? And based on those inputs, we've got an algorithm that can then actually buy the wines for you, manage your portfolio for you. And it's very much so a hands-off process for, for the end customer. I am blown away by the sophistication of this because like as a person who talks to non-card nerds, I'm like, I get defensive about it when people are like, oh, I'm sorry, you have how much money in cards? Like, oh, you know, $150,000, $60,000 in cards. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? And I don't know why, for whatever reason, when I hear wine, I'm like, I say the same thing that those guys say to me. And, I, and it's a lot more money than that, I'm sure, in wine. At least, the, you know, the kind of wines that you're talking about. Walk us through what the wine investor market looks like. Because I, I know if you've watched any 60 Minutes, there's been a handful of segments on these like exquisite wines. It's very much like art. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's, it's handled that way. Obviously, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, uh, a bunch of other guys have gotten in the NBA, have gotten really into wine, have massive collections. There's a big trade here, but I don't think, put it this way. I think it's easy to explain to a, a layman who watches sports, the value of cards. It's, it's easy. Like this rookie card has Steph Curry tops gold has 2009 of them. And there's only 180 that are PSA 10. And so owning one means the price is whatever it is. Totally. And I, I think people could see him becoming a hall of famer and immediately understand why the price goes up or down. Wine is the same general concept. It's a vintage. There was only so much in the batch. It refines well. It's like labeled differently than others. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's all kinds of other, other factors. Walk us through how wine matures from, from an investment standpoint. What, do, what does someone even look for? If I was like, I'm looking for quick flips, I'm looking for a five-year, a three-year, a 20-year. Like, what's a wine that's sitting in binnies right now I could grab and should be worth something in a decade? Like, how, <laughs> how does this work? Yeah, I think this great place to start is, like, the fundamentals of the asset class, right? Very yes. similar to cards. It is going to be supply and demand, right? Say, here in 2021, I released 100 bottles of wine. Um, people are going to seek after this because there's always more people that want that rare wine than the winemaker can physically produce, right? It's just their, their little plot of land. That's what makes it special. You can't really squeeze any more juice out of a grape at the end yep. of the day, right? The thing that is interesting about aging wine is that it actually does taste different when it's 10 years old versus 20 years old, right? So there is actually an inherent changing of the perceived value of the asset as it gets older which kind of makes it different than say, uh, you know, a piece of art or an autograph where it's yeah. pretty much the same, whether it's one year old or 50 years old. And then I think the final interesting component that compounds on 
the supply and demand aspect is that if you drink a bottle of wine, that supply is gone forever. Yeah. That means there's only 99 in circulation for the rest of the time. So if you drink a bottle of wine, you're making the other bottles that much more valuable. So that's kind of akin to taking one of those PSA 10s and just ripping it up. Yep. I don't know anyone in their right mind who would do that and enjoy it, but people enjoy drinking wine. And that's essentially the same thing that's happening. So because of those dynamics, it's, it's literally just supply and demand, decreasing supply, increasing demand, and then you know, the kind of changing of the flavor of the wine, which you know, more people prefer aged wine than brand new wine. I could actually see like rich asshole guys drinking extremely expensive bottles of wine, knowing that they are literally just inflating the price like that alone. Yeah. But we need those people because then it drives oh, yeah. the market up for everyone else. No, I, I totally get it. So like, this is, I'm so fascinated by this and I don't even know why it's, it's catching me by surprise. I, I know the market. I know that there are investors for everything. I mean, I've been championing the equity crowdfunding platform since 20, since it, before it came out in 2015, before it even went live with the, the Jobs Act. I look at this and I just think like anything you can collect, you will. Anything you can invest in, you will. Anything you can sell, yeah. you will. Totally. So agree. as you, as you build this, I don't want to keep making the analogy to the card thing, but since I know it well enough, I, I'm using it. When I think of cards, when only alt came out, one question that I, I kind of had was like, for me personally, touching the cards over here is like kind of part of the fun. Like, Oh, I got the bill Russell rookie card. Like I'm looking at it. If I'm going to sell them, I probably will ship them out to an only alt type vault, keep them good insured. No worries. Nothing's going to happen to them. I'll always have some that I'm passing back and forth. Cards is one of those things that is like kind of similar to NFTs in the sense that like once it's slabbed, like you're not supposed to touch it. You're not supposed to do anything. It's like actually having it sent to only alt and slabbed. It's already slabbed when I send it there. And then they put it in their vault and it's sort of uh, screenshotted. So it's on, you know, on my portfolio and I can share it and everyone can see it. You could buy it, you could bid on it, all this kind of stuff. It, like I don't necessarily need it to be in my physical possession. But I did have a question when they first launched as to like how many regular collectors, like not the extreme collector, will lose out on the fact that they kind of want the physical component of it. And wine to me is similar where it's like in my house, if, I have, if I'm a rich dude and I've got this big ass house with a wine cellar, I want to have people come downstairs and hoity-toitily look at my wine. Is like, what is the impact of, of it being stored? I know that it's in a better place by having it shipped and stored to you. And I'm sure there's all kinds of, of tax and insurance uh, benefits for having it shipped direct to you. But how, like, how is that different? Or is it the same as cards where like, I thought it was a problem, but in actuality, nobody cared. Yeah, I think, I think it really is like that. Cause you can still have those people who have the wine cellar, right? That's, yeah. that's stuff for drinking, but you want to sell really separate it from the stuff you want to invest or sell in the future. And I think an additional standpoint is that it's pretty easy comparatively to put a rookie card and just put it in your basement or in your room and you're storing it right with wine. You know, that is like a huge nightmare to most people and they just don't want to deal with it. So that is, I think another reason why so many people gravitate toward having an all done view solution where they're like, Hey, I can, I can still screenshot the wine and show it to my buddies and be like, hey, I got this you know, baller bottle that's stored in this underground vault in France and it's perfect condition and it's under 24 seven surveillance, but um, they can still have wine that they're drinking and bring out to their friends as a nice bottle too. So I don't think it's an either or thing. 
No, and, I, and it's like I said, it's similar to how it ended up being for me, where I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. And then I was like, no, I really do like this. Like, I keep the cards. If I have buddies I want to show, I'm going to keep them. And if I'm weird and I want to pet, pet my cards, I'll, I'll ship them back to myself and then send them back. It ended up being no big deal. I also think, like, for what you're dealing with, you're trying to um, not just diversify who invests in wine, but like make it a little more democratized. So there's probably a lot more people who do not have wine cellars who would love to have a showcase and say like, look, I've got these bottles both for investment and also to show people cause it's cool, but I don't have a wine cellar. So I'm not going to ever store them in my home. So you're, you're sort of lowering the barrier. So like at the same time, there's like a little risk in doing it, but there's also a massive reward cause you can access more people. Exactly. Like we want this to be easy for anybody to consider, right? Wine investing, maybe it's not for everybody, but we want it to be an option for everybody. Yeah, for sure. So walk me through sort of the, the price differences on people who use your site currently. Like what's the cheapest kind of wine that people are investing in and storing and, and purchasing and what's like some of the more expensive kinds? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking expensive, like we've sold cases of wines that are over, over 200 grand a case. And then we've got stuff that's, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks a case. So the, the variance is huge. And that's what's interesting about the wine market where you can have people who are entering at different segments of the market and still be able to get really strong returns at different segments. So one other thing that kind of stands out to me as I, as I think about this is when I think of most marketplaces, most websites, blogs, anything that is done direct to consumer, SEO and all the other challenges you're going to try to get to build, sort of build people coming to your site and using it is a challenge. The one thing with it's like cigars, there's some booze, but for the most part, it's like rare cigars, collectibles, cards, obviously, um, and wine, where like your user base is going to come find you. Like it does not matter if you started the website yesterday or you've been around since golden auctions. If you have a PSA 10 Jordan Fleer 57, people are going to find your site. If you have the $200,000 case of wine that is only existing here and it's, you know, let's just say it's five, $6,000 less than somewhere else they're going to find your site. So like you have a pre-built sort of funnel, I would think. And it's a matter of like how familiar you get with the community and how quickly you ingrain yourself and earn the trust and the brand and all that kind of stuff. Is that somewhat accurate or am I nuts? No, you're, I mean, you could be both, right? I don't know. Yeah, you, this is very true. In, in this case, you're accurate. And I think that's really what we want to do is continue to build that trust and that education, right? Because it takes a while before you're at the level of knowledge where you're like, oh, this, this case of wine is really special versus another case of wine. And that's really, I think, where we are at now. Where early innings, the average person has no idea what wine investing is, much less how good of an investment it is. So we're really at that stage where, like, hey, like, why should you buy the 2016 versus the 2015 of this bottle, right? And really be able to lay down the facts, the same reason why, you know, you would want to buy one card over the other, or a traditional investor buys one stock over the other, right? Yeah. There, there are reasons. And I think really bridging it to things that people understand, like we can say that uh, Chateau Lafitte is the Apple or Amazon of wine investing, right? People immediately are like, oh, it's been around for a long time. It's blue chip. It's, you know, it's steady growth, right? And then we could say another one is, the Tesla, and then they're immediately thinking high returns, high volatility, a little bit more risk and speculation. So yep. that's really our approach is like, we want to make sure that whatever people do, that they feel 
informed enough to be able to not only justify it themselves, but tell their friends about it, right? Everyone, you know, when they make a new investment, especially in something that's unusual or sexy like wine, they want to tell their friends and family about it. We want to give them the right sort of knowledge so that they sound smart in front of their friends. Oh, I'm totally like, flexing on this. Right? Like it's a hundred percent like, well, let me get this out of my home one. This is of course not my full collection. It's it's on exactly. Vino Best, obviously. Exactly. And that's, that's, I think, part of the fun of being a collector or being in a collectible or alternative asset space is that that passion is always going to be there. I think that really will drive the market. A hundred percent. Like again, the card thing, like the minute I throw hashtag the hobby on my tweet, it's like, oh yeah, I'm part of this little club and I've got, you know, these cards that everyone's like drooling over. You you can work your way, whether you have the money or you work your way up by flipping cards or, or wine to get, you know, you make shrewd trades, if you will, to get your way to the top. You can enter a certain like kind of stratosphere within a wine community, a cart, any collecting community uh, with a relatively short period of time if you really want to, which I think is cool. Yeah, that that online clout is real, right? With anything, right? So. Oh, totally. It, it, it's, it's so funny. So like uh, Alexis Ohanen was one of the investors in Only Alts uh, and he runs 776 Funds, obviously he was the founder of Reddit, big collector and a, a bunch of different things. One of the things he projected, I want to say this is like 2014, six, I mean, it was like, it was a bit ago, was basically that as social media evolves and there's going to be all these problems and we obviously are dealing with Facebook and their shit right now. So there's clearly he was right. I don't think that was a huge epiphany. Um, but what was the epiphany was, the ability for all of these different groups to sort of create a sub niche, a subgroup that becomes very super high engaged. Uh, there's value, there's transactions. It becomes not just a, a Facebook group. It's like its own community that, that lives online and offline. I feel like you fall right in that mix. And I think only alts obviously does too, where it's like, I'm going to talk about cards on Twitter or wine on Twitter but I'm going to go to like a handful of sites that I kind of live on. And all my friends who also are in the card game, do the same. And if you're in the wine game, you'll be on VinoVest. Mm-hmm. You've basically built a, a micro, could be could be huge, but right now micro community of wine investors who can, I'm guessing, meet and greet offline if they want to. I'm sure there's ways for you to connect the, the community together. They're obviously able to trade and buy and sell in store. I, I just think it's like incredibly future of what you're doing. And like, obviously now we're talking about post COVID, everyone's doing Robinhood and crypto and investing in anything from Republic to NFTs. I, I feel like you've walked yourself right into another massive market and probably another massive exit is my guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a dream, right? This is something that has had so much longstanding history, right? Like people have been collecting and investing wine before even our founding fathers, right? Thomas yep. Jefferson is a huge wine collector and that sort of collector's mindset is permeating through everything. And it's going to, I think with technology, we're going to allow more participants, more ways for people to find each other and grow an even larger community. Because you know, before platforms like Alt or Republic or VinoVest, people were still doing this, right? The behavior yeah. is still there. It was just much harder, right? They're in a bunch of sketchy groups where, you know. There was you know, always the middleman. The yeah, guy who exactly. knew the person who they're going to sell you some wine. Exactly. And we want to just bring more trust and transparency. I think that's good for any market. And I think when we're able to deliver on that, the scale and the value that we're building is going to be there. How easy is it to get on your, your platform? Is it literally sign up for an account, 
verification card and then I can start shopping for wine and it stores right in your vault? Exactly. Easy as that. You can be able to get all verified, become a wine investor. And um, we are able to do all that without you having to leave your home in about five minutes. Excluding your equity in VinoVest, how much of your net worth do you have invested in wine? Not including the actual company itself, like just your own wine collection. Yeah, um, definitely got, I would say, between 20 and 25% of my kind of investable portfolio in wine. I, I think it's this, it, it is amazing. I think it's so awesome because I talk to guys like you all the time who are in, in investing in things that I didn't think would ever be a thing. Wine, obviously, I always knew about, but like a lot of the things that I'm seeing people invest in, I mean, I'm seeing people buy like pulling off the shelf here, but like an old Nintendo video game. Like, oh, that's cool. In, like in mint, people are buying this and holding it. I'm obviously, this isn't factory sealed, so I can't get shit for it, but it's still cool. Like there are so many things that I'm seeing people build sites for and you'd be like, who would do that? But in reality, who wouldn't do it? It does like the cost of technical overlay to get this going. Your vault costs are probably your most expensive costs at this point, I would imagine. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of building a technology enabled business. And I think for us is, once we have the infrastructure for people to feel comfortable investing, trading, storing, buying, make it easy for people, even people who, as you mentioned, like didn't even know wine investing was a thing, like then they can dip their toe in and see if it's for them or not. For the newcomers into this, uh, what, what are some wines you recommend investing? It doesn't matter about the cost, like just in general, if you have a couple, if you were like, I'm brand, brand new to this, let's say I've got five to 10 grand that I'm willing to throw into wine to get started. What, what would I be investing in? What's a good starting package? What's a good place for people to get, get rolling in this? I think you want to start with a region like Bordeaux or Burgundy where very, very much so blue chip, right? These are producers where you can look back at decades of previous vintages and all see positive price appreciation year over year. So maybe it's, um, you know, in Bordeaux, they've got what you call a classified growth system. So there's like your tier one, tier two, all the way to tier five. You know, pick a couple of the top tiers, right? One or two. And a winery like Chateau Lafitte, Chateau Mouton, Aubryon, those are all, I would say, like blue chips that can be a great anchor for your portfolio. And then, you know, once you've got that sort of base, say that takes up, you know, 50, 60% of your portfolio, then you can kind of diversify a little bit. And that's the fun thing about wine is like, hey, let's go to Italy, right? Let's go to a region like Tuscany, and a wine brand like Sasakaya, where every single celebrity and their mom have been spotted with it in the past year or so, from LeBron to Jimmy Butler to Beyonce and Jay-Z, like all of them have actually posted that on their Instagram. Oh, I'm sure. In the last 12 months, and that wine has been popping off, like double-digit returns every single year for the past, I want to say, seven, eight years. And then I'd say, finally, get some champagne. That is like one of the I think one of the regions that has seen the most explosive growth since the pandemic, um, a lot of these champagne models are up triple digits since the start of this year alone. And it's because there's a shortage, right? People are coming out of the pandemic. People want to celebrate, get together. But there's been a lot of really, I'd say, challenging conditions with the wine growing region of champagne. Yields are lower, whether it be frost or fires or just inclement weather. Um, climate change kind of plays a real part about the future of this industry where you're seeing less and less supply, but more and more demand just because it's, of the it's so climate. interesting that it's, it, there's this business has 
elements of, of market, obviously stock market style. Uh, it has elements of trend and influence and obviously brand recognition and blue chip like cards, big names win. Uh, but then there's like a commodity piece to it where you're like, you're kind of like investing in yield. Like mm-hmm. if you know there's certain yields that are going to be up or down, like you have a strategic advantage. And then you mentioned Jimmy Buckets, like that's the guy who signed the ball behind me. Probably can't go. read the logo from there, but Jimmy Buckets, he goes on and says stuff about all of his, uh, his wine collection. And it's like, now that's trending and you're kind of in and that's like the flip. And this is a, such a fascinating spot to me. Totally. Yeah. And speaking of Jimmy Buckets, I think like a few months ago, he was like, I personally have over $200,000 worth of Sasakaya, the one I just mentioned. And that's just one wine. Like yeah. almost a quarter mil on just one type of wine. And that's only a small part of his entire wine collection. And yeah, you're right. There's so many interesting dynamics where you can play the short game if you wanted to get the flips off of like celebrity news. Yeah. You can be able to play long-term as well and be able to look at the data over longer time periods and that's why we believe that like not only for retail investors but we're seeing a lot more institutional interest too because adding you know say 10 percent exposure to a traditional portfolio it increases your risk adjusted returns decreases your drawdowns and also increases your overall returns by diversifying to this and you know not putting that much money into you know cash or bonds or something that's lower yielding can you imagine pre-COVID, like a financial advisor being like, so I got this idea. Uh, you're going to buy uh, $20,000 in crypto. You're going to buy something called Ethereum. And you're also going to buy this digital P, uh, JPEG called this, uh, this Apes NFT. And we're going to put another 10000 in wine. And then another 10000 in cards. It just was this guy like, you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. <laughs> but that's I mean, what whenever we Whenever financial now. advisor said that two years ago, He's the richest dude on the block right now. Exactly. He he probably has more uh, clients than he can ask for. That's the tendy goddess right there. If if somehow that person was, uh, was existing, this is awesome. I love it. Uh, My last question for you, how, how liquid is this? Like how easy is it for me to get in and out of stuff? Obviously depends on what you're getting. I know that that ballpark. So if you're, if we're talking the blue chips, like there's instant secondary market demand, right? These are ones where, they're always going to be sought after. If you're looking for more like, I would say like speculative buys or flyers, the liquidity isn't going to be great until it reaches its sort of maturity window, right? Yep. Like with wine, it's a consumable, you know, some of them are like, hey, ideally drink it at year 10 or ideally drink it at year 20. So in the years or months leading up to those liquidity windows where you're seeing the most consumption demand, that's when you're going to get the best liquidity. Which is why I think moving back to your point earlier, it's like, is this a three-year thing? Is this a five-year thing? Is this a 10-year thing? And the answer is all of it, right? If you're looking for a three-year thing, buy wine that's around three years before its ideal peak. If this is a 10-year thing, buy younger wine, right? So there's really something for everybody. And you can really customize your portfolio based on your financial goals, which I think is a really cool thing to do. In this asset class, it's, it's, it's pretty predictable. This is the greatest thing ever. I, I like the idea that I could, I've been talking about startups and investing in startups for so long that I'm like, not to say I'm bored of it, but like you, you see, you've seen it like a thousand pitches later. You're just kind of like, all right, I, I get it. LTV, CAC, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. how much did you raise? Like, uh, okay. Uh, the idea that I can move this into stocks, trading, crypto, wine, cards, NFTs, like just goes on We're investing in music now. Like there's so much shit out there. 
it is fascinating. And this is one of the cooler ones that I've seen. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Um, I, I wish you the best of success. I'm going to absolutely go on and check this out and uh, try to get myself something going uh, in the, the Vino Vest world. Sounds good. If you need any tips, hit me up and uh, we'll make sure to get you set up and become a wine investor. So at your next dinner, you can show off to your friends some baller bottles we got you. You know, you know, I want to flex like that. I'll be holding like a Bill Russell in one hand and a picture of my wine that's vaulted with Lovely. you in the other hand. It'll, it'll be fine. That's perfect. Yeah. Awesome. So Anthony, thank you so much. Everyone can go to uh, vinovest.co and check it out. I appreciate your time. Perfect. Thank you so much. If you're interested in self-directed investing from startups to crypto and public markets, my Substack is a great way to learn how professional investors screen, review, and pull the trigger on deals. Join the largest community of micro-investors and startup founders on Substack by going to katoon.com.